Welcome everyone to Celtic Preacher Podcast 25. Today we're looking at the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. I mean, what could be a better text on this subject than the Magi, commonly known as the Three Kings? Um, you'll find this, the Three Kings, you'll find them at every nativity scene, Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, and then there's the camels and the three magi. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning, Texas, Matthew chapter 2. Remembering the wise men, these mysterious visitors from the east, ancient Persia, who traveled for years, actually, before finally finding this new infant king. Who were they, these magi? Who were they? Um, no one really knows for sure. But what is interesting is, is that they were, they were certainly philosophers, astrologers, uh, Eastern intellectuals, if you will. They, they're not Christian as we understand Christian, right? They're not Jews either. Uh, but they're seekers of truth. So I think that Matthew, the writer of Matthew's Gospel, is stressing that this Christmas birth that we've just celebrated, this newborn king, is for the whole world, for all people. It's big. This is a big story. It's not just for a few followers here and there, but it's God's intention that everyone learn about this new birth, this newborn king. Joy to the world, right? The Lord has come. Now, we don't really talk too much about lords and kings. And a lot's changed in 2,000 years. Much of history to do with queens and lords and kings, it's really all about dominating people. That's where we get our phrase, lording it over. In fact, there's a lot of theologians that would just like to get rid of the word king altogether from the biblical language because it's just... There's so much baggage uh, when, we, when we speak about this new king being born or this King Jesus, is this newborn king is quite altogether different from the kings and queens that we know from history, or even present day for that matter. This is the Prince of Peace. This is the Shepherd King. I mean, this is you really have to use your imagination. What would a reign of peace look like? What well, would be something altogether new for the world to grapple with? And, of course, truth be told, only, only the wise ones see this. Which is probably why we remember the Magi, these, these, these wise ones. By the way, we don't even know there was three. There were three gifts. We have no idea how many Magi there were. So today, as we face a new year, we're looking at wisdom. What can we learn from these wise ones? You know, there's a world of difference between wisdom and intelligence, right? We all know people who are intelligent, but we certainly wouldn't go to them for advice or guidance. I've known quite a few people with advanced degrees in, in specialised fields of study, but they make very, very poor decisions in their personal lives. So intelligence is not wisdom. 
We live in a time where information and knowledge is easily gathered. We can Google anything we want on any subject and our screens are filled with information in seconds. But it seems to me that wisdom is more than knowledge. Wisdom is knowing what to do with knowledge and then act upon it. And this is exactly what the Magi, these, these wise ones, do. So here's the story, a little bit of the story. In the second chapter of Matthew, Matthew tells us these wise men appeared in Jerusalem looking for a newborn king. Of course, they go to the palace and they visit with wicked King Herod from the Christmas story that we'll all be familiar with, wicked King Herod. Now, apparently, back home in ancient Persia, the Magi were astrologers, stargazers. They also uh, would interpret dreams. They're seekers of truth. They're philosophers. One night, as they are studying the heavens back in Persia, one star shone out with extraordinary brilliance, and they have an epiphany. This is where we get the word, by the way, this January 6th, Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany, a aha moment, an epiphany. Now, I must add here, Einstein said, I've never made one of my discoveries through the process of rational thinking. Now, I think he's alluding to epiphany. So they look at the stars and they have this moment. And in that moment, they realize that something of cosmic proportion has happened. A new king has been born. Now, I have to mention that they're from the east, which was ancient Babylon, which is modern-day Iran. So this is pre-Muslim Iran. I mention that because nowadays it's not a place where you would necessarily expect to find Wisdom, which is Matthew's point. In Jesus' day, it would have been similar in that sense. The ancient Jewish people would not have expected non-Jewish people to know anything about their hopes and dreams for a new king, for a savior, for a messiah. But again, this is no ordinary king. This has got global significance. So I think one little point hidden within this text is, is that God teaches us and shows us things and reveals truth to us through many, many different means. Nobody would be expecting the Magi to be bearers of truth. And I think that that's still happening all the time, that God teaches us and shows us and reveals truth to us through many, many, many different means. So that's why it's good that we stay wide open. So they have the epiphany, a sudden intuitive perception, an insight into truth. The new king's been born, and because they're seekers of truth, they simply have to travel west and find this king. Now, I might add here that there is a most interesting and encouraging promise of God to any people who are seeking God at all. And the promise is, this is from Jeremiah the prophet, God says, if anyone really wants to know me, 
they will find me. And Jesus said the same thing. He said exactly the same thing. He said, seek and you will find. And I think what that's saying is, is that God is not distant. God is not unknowable, nor out of reach. This is a God named Emmanuel. This is Emmanuel. So it's, it's like God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. So the promise is, if you're, if you're seeking at all, if you're wondering and you're looking, God's saying, you will, be, you will not be disappointed. And of course, these wise ones are not disappointed. They, they begin to travel. They load up their camels and their spices and their gold and their frankincense and their myrrh. And they begin this two-year journey. Now, that's a long time to travel. They bring their gold, they bring their frankincense, they bring their myrrh, all valuable gifts in those days, all gifts fit for a king. And off they search for this newborn king. Now, we spend a fair amount of time in our lives seeking. Not necessarily seeking God, but we are certainly wired to seek, right? We seek security. We seek a happy home life. We seek financial stability. We seek good jobs. If we're retired, we want a meaningful retirement. We seek the right guidance to give our children, our grandchildren, our extended family. We seek health. We seek someone to love, people to love. Some of us are very ambitious. We we're seeking and we're looking for success in a particular area of interest or a skill or we want to give in a particular way. We're all seekers. People are seekers in some way or another. But perhaps what sets the wise men apart is their primary interest is seeking truth, seeking God. And this new king, they are prepared to put their lives back in Persia on hold for several years to embark on this two-year journey to Bethlehem. Matthew tells us that, that they follow the star and they're led to Jerusalem. It takes them two years, two years there and two years back, which is often something I've always skipped through this part of the account, but four years devoted to seeking truth, willing to leave home, leave everything behind so that I can know God more, so that I can attend to matters of the heart, so that I can find out and know what is true. That's a huge commitment when you think about it. That's a huge commitment. I mean, it's just rarely done. I mean, when you think about it, what would you be willing to give that much time and commitment to? They have to have a drive to know this new king. Two years there, two years back. I mean, it's like, what has your time has your heart? Yeah, and there's no judgment in that. I mean, that's just the way it is, isn't it? I mean, think about it for yourself. What you give your time to reveals what or who 
How's your heart? Well, these wise ones, they're seeking this new king. I wonder if they're remembered as wise because they give time and energy to the important things. Well, fast forward the story. They arrive at the palace. They ask Herod about the newborn king. Herod said, well, I don't exactly know where he is. He consults a few of his advisors. Uh, Herod tells him that the prophecies say that he will be born in Bethlehem about seven miles from here. And then, of course, wicked King Herod says, and when you do find him, make sure you come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too, which he has no intentions of doing that, of course. So they go to Bethlehem and they bring their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They enter the house and they see the child with Mary, his mother. And then it says in verse 12 that they worship him. They pay him homage. Now, we don't use that word much, homage. It's translated as worship. And to worship in the original language means to give worth to something or to give worth to someone. So if I'm worshiping something, I'm saying this is worthwhile. I give worth to this. This is important to me. This has my attention. The Magi worship the newborn king. They bow down. They present their gifts. So if they're bowing down, of course, it's like, uh, it's almost like a, it's almost like a pledge of allegiance, isn't it? They're acknowledging the new king, the new reign of peace. I will follow in this way. Of course, they don't return to Herod to report the new king's location. They left for their own country by another road. We don't know much about them. That's all we know. We never hear from them again. But these wise ones are remembered because they worship, they give worth to the right things. They seek truth. They're willing to go out their way to find truth. They look for it. They follow through. They act on the truth that they know. They make the journey. They acknowledge it. They bow down. They're pledging their allegiance to this new king's way, this reign of peace. What can we learn from them? Well, in this new year, what do you give worth to? You know, I'm just going to give you some things to ponder, think about. What do you give worth to? What stands out to you as most valuable? What will you give your time to? Is there wisdom in how I am living my life? Or here's another way to look at it. Am I accessing God's ways to help me live? Or maybe, um, do I like wisdom? Do I lack direction? Am I pulled in a thousand directions? Because distraction is not wisdom. Good things to ponder, I think, in the new year.
What did the wise ones show us? What can we learn from the Magi? The seekers of truth, it's like, God, I want your, there's the heart cry. God, I need your wisdom. I need your input. I need your understanding. A good thing to ponder in this new year. Where do I need wisdom? Thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. If you would like to be notified, subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for joining me and may the wisdom of Christ go before you into this new year of 2019.